This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Stony Brewing, the official brew of Steeler Nation tailgates. Pure, honest beer. I'm your host, G. Stryker, and with me is our top X's and O's guys, Brad Lambert. Brad, how was your trip to Pittsburgh from sunny California this past weekend? It was awesome, man. We had a great time. I flew out there with Keita the Great, who is a uh, dancing sensation. One, uh, so you think you can dance when he was 14 years old. Amazing. Diehard Steeler fan like us, so uh, we had a good time other than the outcome of the game. Great. Oh, I'm glad you at least got able to see some of your old friends and old players as well. Um, too bad that the outcome of the game wasn't as much as the Steeler fans really wanted because, honestly, we just got spanked last week. Yeah, man, that was uh, that was rough. It really was hard to watch. It uh, They just looked asleep, you know? I mean, going down 14-0 to start the game, it was like the Chiefs game all over again. Yep. They, they roared back, tied the game before halftime, and... Then the uh, second half, they were just, like, very vanilla, very bland. It was like, uh, do you guys, like, are you there? Hello? You know, it was it was tough. It was tough to watch. And for Flacco, after the game, to say that was the easiest Pittsburgh defense he's ever played, that's got to resonate with the players, you would hope. Oh, it, it better. And from where I was sitting in the stadium, I sit a little bit farther back. <clears throat> and most of the time... They, this is probably the most I've ever seen the Steelers as a complete defense just being utterly confused on who's supposed to be on the field, on where they're supposed to be lining up. You have p- too many people on the field, and we're getting 12-man penalties. And then you have situations yeah. where there aren't enough people on the field. They're running onto the field with 10 seconds to go. They don't know the play. They're just lining up. And yeah. the play runs, and we just look foolish. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, to me, that that just comes down to preparation. It doesn't seem to me like the, the defense is, is prepared for these games and prepared for this, the way that they're trying to match up these exotic sets. It just – I don't know if they're too young. I don't know if it's not being drilled properly, but it's it's just not acceptable to watch. The biggest thing I've seen, and we talked about this the last few weeks, is it's going to be very hard for the Steelers this year to replace a guy like Brian Shazier. He was the quarterback of the Pittsburgh defense, and he called all the plays. He lined everybody up. He was the lead of communication. And when that goes away, it, he he's a very cerebral player like Troy Polamalu. He's one of the smartest linebackers in football, as well as being one of the top physical and athletic linebackers in football. Mm. So they're trying to replace him by a committee, and it's just not working. All of last year, I don't mean we might have had one too many men on the field, yeah. maybe one. Yeah. You know, and this year I think we're at five or six already. Yeah. 
and it, it it's just amazing. And you're right, the defense looks confused. And this is after we talked about how the coaches were like going to make it easier and more simple, mm-hmm. you know. So yes. I I just football's a confidence game, just like all the others. But uh, right now, this team's not playing with a whole lot of confidence. Uh, ben, after you know some solid weeks in a row, looks really bad. Yeah. And uh, you know the connection with AB flashed on that touchdown, but. Besides that, there there was not much there to talk about. And the O-line reunited, everybody was back, mm-hmm. and we couldn't establish a run game to save our life. At one point in the game, Ryan Twister was our tar- target, and uh, you're, you're just kind of scratching your head like, what is going on? I, I don't think this team right now knows who they are. I don't think they have an identity, and they better figure it out quick because this season is, is – Literally, if they lose on Sunday, I think this season's done. Well, personally, I think they do have an identity, but it's not the type of identity we're used to seeing. Their identity is to go down big early, tie it up at halftime, and do nothing in the second half. And we've seen that in three games so far this season. Um, Actually, even in the win, they didn't do really much of anything in the second half other than just hold serve. Um, it's true, and, and it's it, it's becoming a little disconcerting as a Steeler fan because we're loose, we're used to success, we're used to excellence, we're used to our players going out and performing and making the plays that it needs to take to be a great team. And right now, what we're seeing is just not the performance of a great team. Uh, I think they still have the ability to turn it around as long as they can start scheming properly and putting the the, the defensive players in the in the right positions to make plays and i wanted to also go back just to mention uh something that i see about ben roethlisberger is it looks like he's playing a little injured to me uh, i know back in week one he had an elbow issue uh, i also been been monitoring i also monitor the um the injury report from the entire team each week and the past two weeks ben has been giving a vet day off on wednesdays um, I'm starting to think that that elbow issue is still kind of lingering a little bit. It's affecting his accuracy, and it may be as- affecting his deep throws as well. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's a good uh, guesstimate, but at the same time, I know they were really trying to regulate him. Mm-hmm. Um, they did that a lot in training camp, giving him you know, that veteran day off. Definitely. So um, I, I don't know for sure, but that's certainly a good theory. But, uh, I mean, like I said, last few weeks, Ben has looked very good. I mean, he, he was the reason we won, you know. Yes. <laughs> we won and, and kind of roared back and, and did what we had to do. But the team is just a giant question mark right now for me. The, the, the defense, they, they're not tackling. They're not wrapping up. I saw a lot of corners just throwing their body around. And, you know, Cam Sutton, you know, literally came up to a receiver and just threw his body at him, yeah. and his arms were down at his side. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Yes. You know, so I I don't really know what's happening, and then you throw in injuries that we sustained last week. You know, from what I've heard, you know, the Vince Williams hammy yeah. yes. doesn't look promising. It doesn't. Um, he hasn't been practicing at all this week. He's been off of the Yeah, I mean, but I, I don't think it's a back next week kind of thing. Losing Vince and Ryan, the middle of our defense is, is not it, not in good shape right now. So, and, you know, the, the communication is already an issue, and now, you know, they're going to plug LJ Ford in, who's pretty athletic linebacker, so I'm, I'm not angry about it. 
But once again, he's not Ryan and he's not Vince. We also lost Nat Burnay for the season, which yeah. I wish him a speedy recovery. But uh, I'm excited because hopefully that gets Marcus Allen a hat on game day yeah. because that kid is a big, rangy, fast, physical safety. Yeah. And to be honest, I say you put him in the game. It can't get much worse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's let's give the kid a shot, see what he does in that you know dollar package or dime or nickel, and just see what he does yeah. because he's he's as big as a linebacker and he's as fast as a DB. So and he likes to hit. So it, it can't can't get much worse from a tackling perspective or a blown coverage perspective. You know, it's disappointing because Joel Edmonds has been quite solid and hasn't given up the big play yet. And he got one uh, on Sunday. John Brown beat him deep. But, yeah. you know, that's going to happen in your in your young career. But, I mean, I don't know what what kind of coverage they were in, but it looked like a single high safety. And that's a tough task for anybody to cover John Brown one-on-one. So. Yeah. yeah, and he got his hips open. And, you know, John Brown did make a, a fantastic move on that cut route and, and caught him with a – with his legs, yeah. you know, not as open as they needed to be to be able to get back and recover on that play. And it's something that hopefully, yeah. you know, Edmonds is going to be learning and getting better at with more experience. Um, because there is positive. Yeah, he is a fast player. guy. I mean, he, he's very quick twitch. He should be able to keep up with him speed-wise, which is, a you know, yeah. something else. But he's just got to realize the situation of the game, the cushion, and making sure he's in the has the proper footwork to make the appropriate turn. Um, one other thing, too, yeah. is, is with you saying with, with Marks Allen – being excited to get him back or get him on the field, which I am also. I'd love to see him play. But I also would like to see Matt Thomas, the um, undrafted free agent rookie from uh, Florida State, yeah. uh, get some snaps yeah. at the middle linebacker. They've been they've been talking about it all year. They, they created the seminal package in preseason to utilize his skills and his strengths to be able to cover these, these uh, athletic uh, tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. And now, to me, I mean, this is the time you have to start doing it because this is just – the, defini- the definition of insanity, watching, you know, doing the same thing week after week and expecting different results, which just is not happening. So, you know, yeah. the only way you're going to change these results is if you start changing some variables, and that would be putting in some more skilled players that can hopefully, you know, make an impact and, and keep up with some of these quicker tight ends and, and, and receivers and, and, and running backs and uh, getting them on the field and just seeing what they can do. Because to tell you the truth, it's not – it's not a benefit at all keeping the veterans on the field because right now they don't know where they're supposed to line up and they don't know what's going on. So to me, I don't think that the the down or the, or the negative would be that much of, of a difference if you're putting on a rookie who hasn't been there. And yeah, sure, they're going to make mistakes too. But what I'm seeing out of this defense, I'd rather have them learning by their mistakes and getting better than just repeating these same mistakes. I, I agree. I think you need to, you, you got to mix it up. I think we're at the point now where we have to do something different because, like you said, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. Yeah. I think you need to shake it up. I think you need to bench somebody. You know, they they benched, quote-unquote, Artie Burns, you know, hoping for, you know, a different result. That really did nothing. He still played. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's what you got to do. I think you've got to – you know, take somebody out, plug somebody else in. You know, I think injecting the youth and energy that Marcus Allen brings, yeah. I think, could be huge because they're going to feed off his physical play. You yeah. know, one huge hit, and that defense is going to lose their mind, you yes. know, and be so energized and, you know, revved up. I mean, we saw what the Vance McDonald touchdown did a few weeks ago in Tampa. Yeah. That just, just, 
energized the whole team, and they were like on fire the whole first half. So yeah, they were. They were. I, I, I agree. I would love to see Thomas more active, which I think he will be now that Vince is down. I think you know Marcus Allen has a good shot mm. to uh, get a hat on yeah. Sunday, and I hope he does. But uh, you know, we 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 got to do something different. We have to. We have to try to mix it up. So. Mm. Um, you know, we got a Falcons team that is struggling as well, coming in one, one and three. So it, it's uh, it's a battle of two not very good football teams right now in the early portion of the season. You're right about that. And um, one, at least there were a couple positives that I saw from the Ravens game. I was glad to see Chris Boswell finally get his stroke back with his leg. Um, not only was he hitting the the ball with with strength. But he was splitting the uprights dead center, uh, like the confident Chris we knew last year. It looked like, to yeah. me, Boz is on his way back. Vance still had that great catch and run where he was busting through people. He broke four tackles on that one play. And I thought that was really yeah. going to get us back in the game, too. And we were doing really well for the, that moment. We seemed fairly energized at the end of the half, especially capped by that uh, Connor two-point conversion. It, it looked like the team was ready to roll and come out of the gates in the second half. Uh, which unfortunately yeah. didn't happen. But, I mean, there's you can also see, you know, Juju's still working hard. A.B. had that great catch. And they're starting to really uh, uh, work Switzer into the offense. They're starting to really utilize him both as a runner and a receiver and on these uh, slot options where he's just a quick rangy uh, – he's a quick twitch guy, so he's a lot tougher to cover in a smaller space. And especially when he's getting lined up against linebackers, he is just destroying them, absolutely destroying them. Yeah. I mean, they're they're using Ryan Switzer a lot, like Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. You know, out of the backfield, quick dump off, drag routes, curl routes. You know, just give him the ball quick and see if he can make someone miss and go. Um, uh, I agree. I thought Vance looked great in the first half. He was targeted probably five to seven times in the first half. Yeah. And then the second half, we can only you know remember one time where he was you know throwing the ball. So yeah. I don't yeah. understand why. You know, maybe he was covered, but the the point is, he was a huge weapon for us in the first half, and then the second half we don't see him at all. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't remember seeing a lot of you know, dump balls to James Connor. You know, where you know he like we do with Le'Veon, you know, drop the ball to him and see him, you know, make a few people miss and yeah. whatnot. So it it just once again it's like they abandon maybe their strategy or you know I I don't know but like I said we got to figure something out because uh, the season is very much on the line this week because after this we go to Cincinnati and yeah. then we have a bye and come home mm-hmm. uh, to to play Cleveland it was no joke and uh, it looks like we will very possibly have Le'Veon Bell for that game so yeah let's just hope it's not too late. Yeah, hopefully we do have Le'Veon back, uh, except that, you know, we're still hearing trade rumors about Le'Veon Bell. I think the most recent trade rumor is uh, Philadelphia Eagles have had interest in him for, from what I'm told by the articles, for a few weeks now. Um, I know they have a lot of injuries at running back as well with a day eye and um, um, Sproles, both with injuries currently. Um, so something, you know, that's a team that is very close. They won the Super Bowl last year. They have the pieces in place right now. They just don't have that extra player coming out of the backfield to both catch and run, which, you know, you filled that role with two players last year, three players last year in that offense. Le'Veon Bell can fill that role with himself, and especially being one of the best pass-blocking 
um, running backs in the league. I mean, that really helps a young quarterback. It would really help a young quarterback like Wentz stay on his feet. So I can see the uh, the reason why it would be so enticing for Philadelphia to think about picking up Le'Veon Bell. I'm not sure if they can actually come to a decision on it or if he'd even sign before the trade deadline. Uh, he may wait a couple extra days in the bye week and just, you know, make sure he's a stealer for this year, which is, you know, still his decision. It's one thing he can control. But do you have any thoughts yeah. on Le'Veon Bell, whether he's going to move or, or a possible trade? I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this, but I did find his interview uh, interesting. Um, he came out and said he still wants to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. He still wants to win a Super Bowl with the Steelers. You know, he said he's coming back week seven. These are all, you know, first in a very long time in regards to him speaking out and, you know, committing or, or, you know, coming out with a statement. So mm-hmm. I found that interesting, especially how everything went down. Yeah. Um, I would be absolutely shocked if uh, if he signs with the Steelers long-term after this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly wouldn't be mad about it, but, yeah. um, you know, he, uh, he once paid. So the Steelers would now have to raise their offer for a third time, mm-hmm. uh, more on the guaranteed side, which, you know, after the way the season has gone, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. You know, they've yeah. seen how different the team is without Le'Veon Bell. So maybe this worked out exactly how Le'Veon wanted it to. But yeah. ultimately, you know, time will tell. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell may be a genius in this entire holdout situation. Um, he's starting to say the right things. It's good to finally get a positive press report from Le'Veon Bell saying positive things about the Steelers, wanting to come back, wanting to contribute. But he's been out for it's going to be for four weeks, and right now the Steelers just don't look like a very good team. I know he can he can help out the Steelers on offense. I know he can't help out the Steelers on defense. But perhaps they can yeah. hold the ball a little longer. They can score some more points with him in there, and that would help alleviate some of the problems on defense, um, which yeah. I'd be more hopeful for. We can transition now and start thinking about the upcoming game against the Atlanta Falcons. I know injury-wise, we've been talking about – we touched base on Nat Berhey. He's out for the year now. He just hurt his – he tore a pectoral muscle uh, in the previous yep. game. Uh, so he's not going to be playing at all the rest of this year, and he's been put on injured reserve. As a result, the Steelers called up Brian Allen, the uh, the tall cornerback uh, that we had on the roster all last year. I'd like to see Brian get in the game a little bit and make some impact plays. But we lost three players to injury from that game. Darius Hayward Bay was injured. He hurt his ankle, and it doesn't look like he's practicing at all this week. Same with Vince Williams, who we already talked about. Morgan Burnett has been an on-off guy, and he's dealing with a soft tissue injury with his hamstring. And for the, for the second time in two weeks, limited practice on uh, Wednesday, no practice on Thursday. And that doesn't trend well to him playing this week again. Marcus Gilbert no. just came up yesterday uh, showing a new injury, possibly from practice. It's a knee. Uh, hopefully they're just holding him out for a day to let him recover, and we'll see what his practice status is today. Chris Boswell, who got his foot stepped on two days ago. I don't know if you heard that news. He got his foot stepped on. He had to leave practice early. Fortunately, he's all back in full practice yesterday, so... That's great news, and the best news that I could possibly think of is Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton's playing with a, a, a brace on his elbow, and he seems to be out there flying around and, and practicing fully these past few days. And, and there's nothing more that this defense can use than to have him back on the field because he is an impactful playmaker. He's smart, and he seems to be in the right position, unlike a lot of his teammates. But I think just having him back as well will help out the rest of the team be a little bit more, more solid. 
So uh, moving on to Atlanta, I know we've got we're, we're playing another high flying offense. Matty Ice and, and Julio Jones. I mean, Julio Jones is essentially their version of uh, Antonio Brown, just taller and longer, uh, with a little bit more range, um, possibly a little bit more deep speed. But he is just as fantastic as a receiver and always one of the tops in the league. And they've just added to that offense the uh, rookie phenom from Alabama, Calvin Ridley, who's just killing it. He just won Offensive Player of the Month. He's got six TDs already in four four games. So th this is going to create a really tough matchup, I think, for our defense. Um, but their offense is definitely high-flying, great receivers, ability to put up a lot of points. Yeah, and uh, from what uh, I've heard this week, too, there's a good chance Devontae Freeman plays as well. Oh, really? Uh, which is obviously problematic. So um, getting their star-studded running back as well, um, those are a lot of weapons on the field for Atlanta. Uh, Joe Hayden's played really well the last few weeks. I know he had a few plays last week that uh, weren't so great, but overall I think he's been a, a divisive player for the Steelers. Um, so I'm curious to see who he's on this game, if he's going to be matched up with Julio or following Calvin Ridley around. Um, but I, I, whoever Joe's on, I feel very confident that he'll keep in check. Um, but uh, I can't say that for the other side of the field. <laughs> it's going to be a pick-your-poison situation. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, they're going to have to roll Sean Davis over or yeah. Throw uh, Jordan Dangerfield. Or, and help. Yeah, yeah definitely. somebody to help that side of the field. But all in all, I mean, like I said, the Falcons are 1-3, and three, so they're struggling. They're at the bottom of their division as well. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, this, this could be a big turning point for the Steelers because – I mean, they, they got to start stacking wins. Yeah. And uh, to, to play a out-of-conference team um, that doesn't affect you super uh, super much in, 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 the, in the long run of the playoffs, but when you're 1-2-1, one, and one, every game freaking matters. So I think it's important to really take this game. I don't care if we win by one point. Like, yeah. just win the football game. And then you got to go to Cincinnati, which is not going to be an easy game either. Yeah. So uh, they they got to start stacking. They got to step up. They can't turn the ball over, and they got to have longer drives because right now there's a lot of three and outs. Yeah. And uh, that's just putting your already uh, not uh, confident defense back on the field. So yeah. we need to we need to work something out. The Atlanta Falcons mirror the Steelers a lot this season as well. They've got a good offense. They can put up points. They can get yardage. And they're, but they have a terrible defense. Their defense is ranked in, you know, toward the bottom of the league. And but their problem isn't scheme or coaching. Their problem is injuries. They've lost a lot of guys, yeah. big impactful players to injury. It looks like Grady Jarrett just got hurt and he won't be playing this week. But I mean, they've got, you know, Deion Jones who was at this their stud in the center linebacker position. Uh, he's not going to be playing. Obviously, he's been out for a bit. Same thing with their safety, uh, Keanu Neal and Ricardo Allen. Uh, so this is a team that's, you know, five starters down coming into a game where a couple of players might not even be playing this week because they, they're on the uh, on the border for uh, for practicing as well. But this is they're also in a difficult situation where they've got inexperienced people trying to match up, um, and it's creating a lot of problems on the field for their defense to stop an offense, which is a good thing for the Steelers' offense, which is able to put up yardage, which is able to put up points. Hopefully they'll be able to put up a lot of points this week and outscore the Atlanta team. Yeah, I mean, from a matchup point, like you said, the, the Falcons have a lot of injuries in the secondary. Hmm. And uh, I, I feel like 
from a matchup standpoint that the Steelers can take advantage of that with Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, Vance McDonald in the middle of the field. So I, I like that. But at the same time, that has to look like a nice matchup for the Falcons going up against the Steelers secondary. Yeah. So yeah. Um, from a talent standpoint of what is right now, I take the Steelers secondary just because um, we don't have a ton of injuries back there. Mm. Um, they're not playing super well, but I still feel like we have a lot of talent back there that just needs to find their groove. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I think it's going to be close, and I think the Steelers are going to edge this one out uh, with a late field goal from Boz, 37-34. Nice. You're very close to my reasoning as well. I'm, I think that this is the time the Steelers break 40 points. I think they're going to hit as well as it being a field goal game, and I see this being a uh, – you know, like a 42-39 type game as well. Um, but hopefully the Steelers will be able to get it all together on offense and do just enough to outscore the other team, make just enough stops to make sure that they can ensure a victory and hopefully start stacking them here as we start entering toward the second month of the season. Yeah, we need it bad. And, I mean, when it comes down to it, I will take Ben Roethlisberger over Matt Ryan any day of the week. Yeah. So... We'll see how that uh, turns out on Sunday. Nice. So, Brad, do you have any uh, additional miscellaneous information or news you'd like to add for, to the podcast today? Uh, you know what, man? I just want to win. Yep. You know? That's, I, I want to get this team back on the right track because I know they're better than this. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're too talented to not be able to put together some wins. And I think it's yeah. – I'm with you there. It's time for Steeler fans everywhere – to at least be able to breathe easily one week and enjoy one win and then hopefully start stacking them so they can find their way to fight back to at least playoff contention. Yeah, the other thing I want to say, too, is a lot of people are calling for Tomlin's head, yeah. and uh, that's just not going to happen. No. Tomlin's a great coach. Mm. This is like the first season where it hasn't gone you know, the way everyone wants it to. Yeah. Um, even if they don't win another game this entire season, I don't see the, the Rooney's, you know, cutting ties. So I think everyone needs to just cool it with that nonsense. Yeah. Um, give the guy a shot to get this team back on track. Um, you know, he can do as much as he wants, but at the end of the day, players have to go out and play. Mm. So let's get that W this weekend and get back on track. You got it. Thank you very much to Brad Lambert from the West Coast, who always joins us in these podcasts. Thank you for being on the call. No, thank you. Go Any, Steelers. Anytime. So thank you for joining us at the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stoney's Brewing. I'm G. Stryker with Brad Lambert, rooting with you as always. Go Steelers!